What's up, guys, people? I am your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Welcome to episode 193, The Executive Life. And I'm going to be interviewing today, Cap Chatfield. Look, Cap is a dope dude. We got a chance to connect last week. Love his spirit, love his energy. The goal today is to be able to allow you to pick his brain. We're going to find out kind of who he was, what he does. Look, this dude is like he's impressive to me. A uh, kingdom content creator, entrepreneur, which means he's the CEO of an organization. He's an online pastor, and he's also the CMO of an organization called Untraffic America. So that sounds like a great cause right there. With somebody wearing this many hats, like what I'm intrigued about personally is like, first of all, how does he do it? You know what I mean? So <laughs> I know I'm not le in leadership in four roles. You give me one leadership role, it's almost enough to kind of take up my entire life. He's also a husband and a father. So I want us to be able to pick his brain and figure out like, hey, what does it look like to get to being an executive? And then once you're there, how do you sustain it? Right. Because, you know, nobody wants to get to the top of the mountain and just fall down or not be able to handle it or be prepared. And I'm sure Cap has some experiences throughout his life and his career that has prepared him to sustain all of the things that he's managing. And then also, I really want to try to like personally, you know, y'all know how I do. I kind of, you know, I cheat with this podcast and I'm like uh, really getting free services. And uh, Cap is a professional who charges for consultation and things like that. So look, we get, we're going to cheat a little bit. We're going to get our first consultation free. We're going to pick his brain and kind of figure out like, what does it take? What would it take for us to get to those levels to sustain it? And most importantly, what role does his faith play in all of these roles that he's playing? Because at the end of the day, we want to be able to have a strengthened relationship with the Lord as we're, you know, on this journey in this path to purpose and success and all of that. Look, all that stuff is dope, but it means nothing. If you don't have God in your life, Christ Jesus died for our sins. And we want to make sure that we are honoring him and glorifying him in everything that we do. And even as it relates to like getting more money and becoming more financially literate and stuff like that, we don't just want the money to kind of like swag out and show off. We want the money to have purpose. I got to tell you all this one thing before we jump into this interview. Uh, last night I went to the Pistons game. Uh, actually, you know, shout out to, um, you know, I'm not going to throw the person out there. I'll just say this. It was a person that I had recently interviewed on the podcast. And after the show, we kind of like, you know, we kind of hit it off on the show and felt like, you know what, let's connect again. We met up with our wives a couple weeks ago for brunch. And then, you know, this person uh, invited me to a Pistons game. So I had some really nice seats. And here's the thing. We were at the game. I go in the game in hoodies and stuff like that. We at the game. And I'm looking at all these people and I'm like, why does everybody look like a celebrity or look like they want to look like a celebrity who comes to a basketball game in Gucci and all these crazy clothes? And I'm like, you know what, man, that's an image that just doesn't do it for me. Um, I'm a person that would rather have substance and have more things going on in my life, have purpose behind the scenes that I'm doing. I don't really got to try to show you everything. It's kind of funny to me. It's more like Hollywood, but Detroit, I don't, I don't know. Detroit is just an interesting place. Um, the janitor might be an artist or a singer, which is a great thing because we have so many talented people, but it's like that mentality. So what's my point? Today, we want to pick Cap's brain about how do I become an executive leader with substance, honoring God, and less worried about the world and trying to prove things to people and more just about being who I really am. So this is 193, episode 193. Y'all know how it is. I can talk, people. I can talk. I don't know. You know, it's it's, it's bad. I'm, I'm going to fumble over words at some point. So we got the cup made just so you know that in reality, I can talk. But at the end of the day, episode 193, The Executive Life, with my guest today being interviewed, Cap Chatfield. That's coming up next, people. Stick around. Stop saying what you going to do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die. Is it fake or fear? And just like that, guys, people, we are back. But this time we got Cap. Cap Chatfield, what's going on, brother? How you doing today? 
Man, I am living. And bro, I uh gosh, I I'm just jazzed up uh, to be here, man. I love that you you're using the podcast hack to get a free 60 minutes, but bro, you're you're a brother from another mother. Um I I'd, I'd be happy to just wrap with you for for hours, man. So I I the privilege is mine. I'm excited to be on the show today and thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Cap. I appreciate that, bro, man. Um like I told you last week when we connected, it really is like it's one of the advantages of having a podcast. I believe when you're genuine, you know what I mean? And I think yeah. I feel comfortable saying just in a couple of times we connected. If I was like on some fluff, you would have been able to kind of weed it out instantly and vice versa. Right. So the blessing is kind of filtering out. And like um, I'll tell you, like when I search for stuff online, I don't know if you're a big time online shopper or not, but I'm like super online. You're an online pastor. So hopefully you're an online shopper, too. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I do, my wife cap, she'll go to a website. Like, let's say she's looking for shoes and she just like searches shoes. I'm like, no, filter down the boots, your size. You looking for black boots. I'm a filter down person. So this podcast actually allows me to do that with people, too, and kind of filter yeah. down to like the best of the best, at least for what I'm trying to do in life. So cap chat feel like, OK, cap, we already thrown out there. You got you wear all these hats, obviously, as a CEO. Um, as a CMO, um, as an online pastor, um, and a, king, a kingdom content creator, and you have some really amazing content. So definitely want to encourage the people check out uh, the links in the description of the show to find you. And we'll talk more about all of those things and the hats you wear um, throughout the show. But Cap, I like to start off with kind of understanding a little bit about who you were growing up. Like who was Cap? You know, what was your reputation, whether it be high school, college, however far you want to go back, what your life like was at home? Can you kind of get us grounded today and just kind of kicking it and telling us a little bit about Younger Cat? Yeah, man. I, well, I live in Omaha, Nebraska currently, but I'm an East Coast kid. I grew up in the D.C. area and uh, I grew up in a great family, man. I mean, like, I love that this is a faith first show and I, I grew up in a in church. We were a church going family, but. I, it was a very traditional church setting, so I had no idea what the gospel really was. I was in church every single Sunday pretty much as a kid, but never really understood that I was a sinner in need of the grace of God, in need of forgiveness. Um, and God really was didn't want to just take something from me. He wanted to give something to me. He wanted to give me a new life. He wanted to give me new purpose. Um, and so I, I kind of just wandered through life as a kid and in high school, especially, I, I was a skateboarder. So I, I always had this nice. kind of independent spirit. I loved independent sports. I liked to, I was in the MMA. I was into doing things on my own, trying to figure things out. I had this entrepreneurial bug as a kid. <laughs> I'll say this, this is kind of funny. Um, I was, I was a heathen in high school, man. I was a partier. I was uh, in the skateboard scene, which is not just like a party scene, but there's also a lot of like satanic stuff in that scene, um, just wow. like glorifying the enemy, thinking it's like fun and entertaining. But I didn't really realize how dark that actually was back then. But I was just into that. And I'll tell you, man, I was I got my uh, my teeth cut on filmmaking and like in creating content and creativity in that season of my life as a skateboarder. We'd go and we'd. Uh, go shoot um we'd go skate downtown in dc and in silver spring maryland and different areas and we'd take this footage and i'd learn how to edit this footage um later on at home i would skip like dinner with my family i'd skip doing my homework i got so enthralled in the creative process uh, i was also like trying to figure out how to do photoshop <laughs> i'd started learning I, I got really interested in Photoshop to try to learn how to make fake IDs. So I was like <laughs> using wow, all of these tools for things that didn't honor God. And then uh, later on in my life, like to God to just totally redeemed it all. I used, I, I was at the place of graduating high school, needing to figure out where I want to go to college. University of Miami was on my list because it was a party school. It was Miami. Obviously that's, yeah. a, that's attractive but it also had a great film program. And so I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to go to school. I want to learn really how to be a filmmaker. And I had this vision of being like this, you know, having my name in the lights and having my name on, in the credits of, of these movies. And 
halfway through college at the University of Miami of all places. I was in a fraternity. I was in it. I was yeah. in the Miami scene. <laughs> I was living that life. And I had a friend who's like my literally my only Christian friend at that time because I hated Christians. I hated hated God, hated church, hated mm. the, that whole thing. And my friend who I'd met in college uh, sat down and shared the gospel with me and, uh, you know, basically just shared with me like, dude, you have the whole thing wrong, man. Like God is like this, this book, the Bible is not just this religious rule book. It's a love story. And the love story is, you know, Jesus is the knight in shining armor and you and me are the princess caught in the high tower held, you know, being guarded by a dragon named Satan under a curse called sin. And Jesus goes and slays the dragon by allowing himself to be crucified on a cross 2000 years ago so that he could rescue us from that high tower, break the curse of sin and live happily ever after with us in eternity in heaven with him for all eternity. And like he broke down the gospel, the good news in such a practical way where I was like, dude, I can't say no to this. Right. And, it, and, and I, I gave my life to Jesus in my car by myself on the way to the gym at the University of Miami, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Cap, there's only room on the set of your life for one director, and you're not him. And I'll tell you, man, like that that was the beginning of me learning what it meant to be directed, to not be the director of my life anymore, to not want my name in lights, but to put his name in lights, yeah. and to surrender my craft, my career, and my calling to him. And Shortly after, uh, God called me to Omaha, Nebraska, of all places, to begin my film career. I started working with a church out here in Omaha called Love Church. I was the creative director at first, and then that elevated into a pastoral role. Uh, God later called me to go build my own business, so I went and went full-time marketplace missionary, started building this company called Reveal Media, which I still have today, and uh, and then took on this role as the, as the chief marketing officer of an organization called Untrafficked and have been serving in that role. And so still doing a lot of these different things. And uh, I do a lot of different things, Jermaine, but it doesn't mean I do them all well. So I just want to make sure that, that people know that. But um, but yeah, I'm having a blast doing doing all these different things. And and ultimately, it's the Lord, man. He, the Holy Spirit's I'll give him the credit for every great thing that's occurring right now. And I'll, I'll take the blame for anything that's not going well. I feel that cap. And look, you, you said a couple of dope things, man. Like, first of all, like the, the fact that like, I think you growing up in church, mm -hmm. um, but not really knowing the gospel, like just being honest, growing up in church and here in Detroit, even to this day, still being pretty tapped into the gospel scene and the church scene. I think that's an issue for a lot of people. And unfortunately, a lot of folks who grow up in church don't ever really develop the desire for the gospel in that way. So some it's it's like, you know, how sometimes it's like, what's really best? Do you want somebody to break away and then figure out out on their own and then like come back, like and understanding what it is? Or you have people that just grow up here in this scene forever and never really capture the true essence. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's important that you also talked about the fact that when this friend, this one Christian friend you had, shout out to that person. Yeah, um, that He was able to break it down to you in a way you can understand. So like you being a content creator, and I know that was in the early stages of creating this content around skateboarding and stuff, but I feel like, you know, he told you a story a love mm -hmm. story right yeah so exactly. he communicated in this way that was like this is the world you're in is telling stories and then also this is just like a a really weird i guess or i don't know like a, a sidebar to it is like you say he told you a love story and then you end up starting your career at the love church i think that's pretty dope um, dude that's so funny you said that because it's all there's a thread that connects okay. it all for sure you you want to share about that or is it is it too much too much to to pull together? I'll just, I'll tap into a little bit because here's what's wild and this comes back to the college scene, the moment when my friend shared the gospel with me because he asked me, you know, I kind of I gave I gave like this very abbreviated version of the love story of the Bible and I had grown up not understanding that at all. I I thought the Bible was totally irrelevant, bro. I went to a church 
where we had the Bible in our pews and we literally never opened it. So like, just think yeah. about what that communicates to a kid like me. Like we open the hymnal more than we open the Bible. So I'm thinking, yeah. dude, this like, this thing d- doesn't really apply to our lives. And right. my friend asked me, he said, what type of movies you want to make? Cause he knew that I was, a, I was going to study film. And this is like, my parents were um, pretty much on the verge of a divorce. They were going through a really rough patch in their marriage. They're not divorced, praise God. They're, oh, they're doing great God. right now. Yeah, so they made it through that. I had also historically been a guy that um, kind of wore his heart on his sleeve and wasn't able to really – I had girlfriends, but like I I was the guy that just kept getting dumped. And I think it was because I, I, um, I needed a relationship – to let for like validation and it just pushed people away. Um, and I came to this place of like, dude, everything in society is so jacked up because we have such a, an improper view of romance. So my friend asked me what type of movies I want to make. And I said, dude, I want to make the baddest romance movies ever. And he was like, that's dope. He, yeah. But it's dope. Cause you know, you know what I mean now, but back then he was like, what are you talking about? Like he looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, this is what I mean. I mean, you know, like I feel like so many different problems in society stem back to men don't know how to lay down their lives and romance for women and women don't know how to receive that. Ooh. And so you have men that are like ab- abusing a relationship with women and women are like using what men want against them. And so now you have a society where it's like, it's lust driven and there's no commitment. There's no, um, there's no desire to stay connected. And then you have kids that are growing up and they're seeing this and now they just repeat the same thing. And, and this is where we are, man. Like we don't need to go too much into divorce and fatherless homes and, and, pornography rates and all these things but it's like it's at an all-time high and we wonder why we're depressed and suicidal and and we can't trust one another and so what my desire was man i want to help hollywood redeem the vision of what a romance movie looks like because it's gotta it's i believe that you know love this is what i'm saying back then i believe that love is the most powerful force in the universe and it's like it's masculine it's not just chick flicky and feminine. It's like true love would cause a man to do the unthinkable literally for the person that they love. Like, like John Q style. If you, if anyone here listening has watched the movie, John Q yeah. Denzel Washington, his son, has got like this heart condition needs a heart transplant. The kid's about to die. The dad basically holds the hospital hostage until like by at gunpoint until they give this kid a heart transplant like probably not the best way to handle the situation but the point is as any father in that situation would do anything would literally do anything he even had a point where he was like he knew he 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 was the only one who had the uh, a heart of that was going to be accepted by this kid's body yeah he was willing to commit suicide he holds this gun to his head and says if you don't operate on me i'm going to shoot myself and you're going to you have no choice but to use my heart man and so i'm just like that to me is the power of of love of romance and so and so that's when he was like bro you'd love the bible and that's when he broke it down for me in a way i was like that is the most that's the craziest thing i ever heard (laughs) so what's cool man is i ended up ending at this church the church at the time was not called love church this is what's really interesting the church was a calvary chapel it's still a calvary chapel technically okay calvary chapel west omaha I helped with the rebrand. Our pastor felt like, guys, I don't know what to tell you, but I really feel like God's calling us to rename the church and and keep it really simple. Jesus wrapped up all of the law into these two commands. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I want to help this community in Omaha really understand that this is what God calls us to do. It's that simple. And so that's where the Love Church name was birthed. And and as a guy, I'll tell you this, like as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, as a content creator, I have wavered from like, I want to do church. I want to do, you know, stories for the kingdom or I want to do yeah. to, I want to do stories for the world. It's like, I'm in that tension. I've been in that tension. I should say, I'm not yeah. really in that tension right now, but there's been nothing more fulfilling than, than telling stories 
about how the love of God has transformed people's lives. And so what's so funny, man, is like, I thought it was one thing. I thought redeeming love stories, quote unquote, was going to look like this one thing. And then God was like, yes and no. (laughs) Like, yes, that's what I'm calling you to, but it's going to look different. And I've, I've experienced and tasted what it looks like to tell the ultimate love story in and through the filter of a lot of different expressions through different people and, and how God's transformed their lives. And, and I'm also a preacher. So, I've, you know, you mentioned I'm an online pastor and I've had just the privilege of contextualizing the greatest love story in human history through all these different channels. And I'm having a ball. It's a lot of fun. And look, Cap, like I think people don't realize sometimes like exactly how the Bible is written and how it could be delivered. Like I'm one of those people that's like, when I'm, when I'm sharing a word, you know, um, if I'm going to a church to speak or something like I, one of the last messages that I spoke on um, was like March 17th, 2020. Um, I've spoke a couple times since then, but um, I was at this church. Um, and this was like, as you can imagine, this is like in, the week that things are being shut down because of COVID. And it was like, it was actually like the first, that was like one of the first days where it was a thing and people didn't know what to do with it. So they were actually like trying to figure out, should we even have this service? That's irrelevant to the story. So I don't even know I went there, but um, one of the message, the message that I gave that day was um, the story of Ruth. Mm. And when you look at that story, right? It's like when you look at it for what it was, like you have this woman that had everything and then lost everything or these two women, her and Mm -hmm. Orpah. And then like to be at this part in the story with Naomi is like, you know, kind of not pressuring them, giving them an option. Like you, you go that way. And like Ruth, you know, for when you really think about it, it's all about love. Like she loved this woman's son. She was committed as her daughter-in-law. She stays with her. She goes on this path. She she's uh, obedient to her. And then she is found by Boaz. And like, when you just think about what that means, that's the bloodline of Jesus ultimately. So uh, for me, like when you really look at the Bible for what it is, like you said, it really is these amazing stories. And I appreciate people like yourself who are creative and have found a way to naturally bring that creativity um, into our walk as believers. Cause I think some Christians struggle with this desire to be like the world. And so it it becomes very hard when it's like, I want to be like the world. So I'll just kind of like put Christian on top of it Mm -hmm. versus like you said, when you were younger, let's open up this Bible and let the Bible speak and let God direct and let God create. So I love that you're kind of in that space and I can hear the creativity and the storytelling just in the way that you kind of talk in general. I want to ask you cap, like, for you, it, has it been easy incorporating your faith in business or tough? And I know that may be like a multi-layered question because a lot of the business that you do is within ministry and within the church. So I'm kind yeah. of curious, does that make it easier or harder to separate or manage or balance the two? Um, mm-hmm. Or does it kind of happen naturally? Great question. So the heart, so here's what's, here's what's interesting about my story. I'm 30 years old, so I'm I'd like to think I'm still pretty young. <laughs> other people might be like, bro, you're getting old. But other people might be like, dude, you're you're a kid still. I feel like a kid. You're a few years younger than me. So I say you're young. You, yeah, you're we're young. We're young. We're, we're just getting started, right. man. But so when I finished college, I got I was saved in college, finished college, went straight into full-time ministry. And um, and I was in full-time ministry in a community that I that didn't know me before I became a Christian. So like I went like really into this Christian bubble for four years. And then that's when God called me to go like full time. I had already kind of been working on this business as like a side project. God had inspired me, given me a vision for it. And I kind of like put on, on ice for a little bit. And then he told me, I'm releasing you, go build. And I'll tell you that I knew that the business that he was telling me to create was like, to be all in in the marketplace, not in the Christian marketplace, but just to go out in the world. And it was like, I had to learn the language of the world, which was really 
a challenge for me because I was so used to speaking Christianese. I was a, I was in church all the time. I was serving in a church, pastoring people. And then it was like, all of a sudden I was a rookie again. I had to go and like, figure out how do I connect and, and tell, you know, and cast vision and build relationship and build bridges with people in the world while trying to build this business. And so the desire of the business was to go and serve secular, for lack of better words, organizations and use the resource of that to help um, to help better communicate the kingdom story for other or for, for kingdom first organizations. And and here's what happened, man, was I went from like one end of the pendulum to another end of the pendulum. And then last year, particularly for our business, um, was like the worst year ever. It was last year, 2021 was, it was like one of the worst years of my life because it was our business flipped. You know, we were going all in on this video, like a digital media agency. We're going all in on creating video podcast solutions for B2B companies and, uh, tons of opportunity there. It's such a green space. It's still a very blue ocean and, and companies, especially B2B SaaS and tech companies are like going all in on podcasting as like a content creation engine. Like, you know, hence the reason why you're doing this. Like, exactly. you know, that this, this is such an efficient way of creating content and building relationship. And it's like, we're, we're just getting started in regards to like the podcasting industry. But I was building like our product for that industry I was building our sales cycle and uh, and just putting all this effort into that. Um, our business flipped upside down profitably. We were about to close some contracts. We're hiring people for those contracts. We're about to close. Those contracts fell through. Now we're upside down profitably. Now we're going into debt just to make payroll, trying to keep people employed. And I'm still like, I'm consecrating the business as much as possible to the Lord. I'm praying before every meeting. God graciously surrounded our team with kingdom first people. So it was like we would have, we would pray before our business meetings, which was yeah. awesome. Um, I, we were, I was trying to take care of employees. Like we have employees with health issues. We had employees who had parents die and we're like trying to take care of, of them through those difficult seasons. We were tithing, bro, off of the top line revenue Man. of the business. Like we were, we, I was aggressively trying to consecrate this thing to the Lord. Meanwhile, all of this happens on the business front. I'm trying to manage this absolute financial disaster. We're just te- like pouring on debt onto the company. My wife gets diagnosed with type one diabetes, not type two, type one. And she gets, she gets diagnosed with type one diabetes. I'm an entrepreneur, no health insurance. And I'm going to figure out how to handle that situation our savings account is just bleeding dry to like take care of all of the issues that she's got going on. So I'm carrying both of these things at the same time, just getting crushed, absolutely getting crushed by life. Having to come to this place of having to let go of half of our team, um, ended up losing uh, my partner, having to buy him out. We still have a great relationship, but like that was a super emotional situation. Yeah. Meanwhile, everything at the home front, it was like, no matter where I went, if I was at home, it sucks. If I was at work, it sucks. Right, like it right. just everything, like I just couldn't escape it. And um, it was a massively humbling season for me. And the I was in my I was in my office uh, praying one day last summer. I was just like, Lord, what gives? Like I was, I was, I wanted to consecrate this thing to you. We've been trying our best to honor you. And not that I handled everything perfectly. But the Lord knows my heart. Like I was really just aggressively trying to make this thing his. And I'm like, I was journaling in my uh, remarkable notebook, uh, just journaling this prayer, just like, just beat down. And there's a, there's a, there's an exercise that I pastor as a pastor. I like help people with um, hearing the voice of God. Like when you feel like you can't really hear the voice of God, try journaling the voice of God. Like, Ask the Holy Spirit to literally write his answer through you and then read what you wrote down. Sometimes it's easier to do that because it's like 
it's literally right there on the page. So, you yeah. know, it's like, it's been documented. And then if you've, and then you, you'll just see, you'll know, like, you'll know if he, if it's biblical, you'll know if you, it bears witness with your spirit. So I journal my prayer and then I journal what I would imagine his response to be. And I pulled it back and I read it, bro. This is what he said to me. He said, cap, I can't be bought off with a tithe. Ooh. Just that, just that, that was it. Well, that was the first part. Okay. And then, but I was like, that's heavy. That's a mic drop. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I was thinking like I was doing all these things and I was tithing off the gross of the company and he was like, I cannot be bought off with the tithe. You and me had a deal. You, you told me that you wanted this company to be a content creation machine for the kingdom and you've made creating content for the kingdom an afterthought, an accessory. I'll wow. get to it when I have time. I'll get to it when we make enough money. And and I, it was like, it was a big rebuke, but it was a good rebuke. It was a, like, it yep. was, it felt like, I was like, whoa, that, I wasn't expecting that, yeah. but I needed that. And and so since then, it was like, here's, here's what's so cool, man. He... It was like in this shift of needing to make the sacrifices, putting it all, putting everything back on the altar, bro, we closed more business in a 30 day window than we had the entire year, which, That's which put crazy. us in this place to just like snuff out the debt. That's like crazy. it was so, it was so supernatural and not just like, like massively profitable, like 80% profit margin projects. And it was like, he was just like, he just it. showed me real fast, like, dude, like you are not the director, man. <laughs> like, but you, stop, stop trying to be the director. But, but you know since what? Then, oh, no, well, go got, ahead, finish that. I was just gonna say, like, so since then, I've really had to like put myself in this place of like, Lord, I like, yes, sir, I hear you loud and clear. And and I told my team, and I told my wife, and I like told the Lord, like, 2023 is gonna be different. I'm going to go all in on creating content for the kingdom. And if God, if you want to bring secular work our way, just to like help continue to like, like a transfer of wealth from the unrighteous to the righteous to fund this mission, I'm in, but I, I'm not going to go try and chase it because I'm, I want to chase this Matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Haggai, Haggai is a great example too. Haggai, you know, the Israelites are coming out of 70 years of, of uh, exile in Babylon. God brings them back to their home home again and is like, hey, let's rebuild. The temple's in ruins. And what does everybody do? They go and they try to build up their own paneled houses. Man. And then Haggai, the prophet, comes to them and rebukes him. And he's like, you guys try to fill up your own pockets. And it's like your pockets have holes in them. You fill your bellies and then you're still hungry. You clothe yourselves and you're still cold. You're still shivering. It's like you're doing all these futile efforts and you wonder why it's not sustainable. And it's like, and the Lord said, this is what's crazy. The Lord said, I blew it away. I blew away your harvest when you brought it in. It was me. Why? Because you came back to the land that I brought you to, that this was your land. And you see that my temple's in ruins and you're not building it. And so for me, it was like, God was saying, rebuild the temple, rebuild it. Like, this is what I called you to. I called you to do this. I called you to, to be a, a, to a mouthpiece for the nations. I called, I've given you this skill set. I've given you this business. I've given you a revelation of who I am. Create content for me. And so, and so what's been amazing, man, is like this year, I've said, all right, Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in. I hear you loud and clear. And we're, we're, I, I don't have an ant like I couldn't give you a formula like I don't I don't really know how it's gonna work out bro but I've tried to do it before in the way that seems right to a man and the way that the world tells you how to build a business don't say that you might get canceled yep. don't say that you might not get work come your way and I tried doing that and the Lord was like he pulled the e-brake and he's like nah man that's like if it if you're gonna do it that way then who's gonna get the glory for it so Thanks. I want you to follow my business plan. You like I'm the chairman of the organization. I'll, here's the business plan. Run the play. And so I'm just trying to run the play. 
and here's what's so crazy, man. Like it's, it's like, we're seeing some indicators of like really cool growth right now. Even the other day, bro. Like I, I'm like, Lord, I'm just, I'm going to start creating content that on paper would probably like lose us business, but it's, I'm just trying to be faithful. I put out an Instagram reel last week. That's like, it's probably going to hit a million views in the next couple of days. Oh, and it's wow. just, yeah, it's just like, and, and it, it like brought in like 4,000 followers in just a few days. And so it's that. like, and it's, but it's the favor, man. It's the favor of God. It's like, I'm not trying to like, and God could like take away followers. Like Jesus lost followers himself. And it's like, then is God still worthy to be praised? Absolutely. Is he still worthy to be followed? Yes. But what I'm seeing right now is like, man, I'm kind of walking through, walking out a story that just doesn't make sense on paper. But it's just, hey, it. this is what happens when you just follow Jesus, you know? Look, Cap, that's important because like, A, as I'm listening to you talk, I just keep hearing like, you can't trick God. Nah, man. So it's like sometimes we think like, okay, we're going to like do these religious acts to be like, all right, God, look, I'm doing this. So you're going to bless this. And I... I think like as Christian leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, business professionals, whatever it is, there's a responsibility to prioritize Christ in that relationship. And that's really like what I hear as you're talking is like you step back and then you reprioritize and made sure mm-hmm. that the purpose in the relationship with Christ was first, even within the business. And then he starts to bless that business. But you said something else really key, which is, but you're, you still don't necessarily know how it's going to work out. And Cap, like the reason I think this is important for me to hear and our audience to hear is like, there are so many people out there that are, they have a business and they're like at the beginning or the middle, or maybe they're successful. But as a believer, a genuine, a true believer who has a desire to please God, there's always going to be that tug when you get out of bounds to be like, you remember me? Like, you know, who's yeah. first. And sometimes people don't know what to do. But in leadership, one of the responsibilities is to hear that voice. So like you said, if you got to journal it or whatever, but hear that voice, follow it by faith. And then I always call this space that you describe, Cap, as the hope of the unknown. Mm. So I feel like whenever we don't know what's going to happen, we got two choices. We can either be worried about it. The Bible tells us don't worry about tomorrow. Or we can have faith. And I consider the hope of the unknown the desire to have faith when you don't know what's going to happen. And it's just like you part of a process. And I could tell you um, since episode one of this podcast, we've been talking about the process and I always try to highlight when we get a guest that talks about it, because I want it like for me, it becomes real hearing you say it. Like I'll give you an example with this podcast, like last year, 2022 was rough for me personally, because, and this is what's crazy cap. It was rough rough because of growth in my professional life. Mm-hmm. That balance started to be like I was growing. I was getting new opportunities. I was leading things. But then it became harder to do the podcast, like all this <laughs> other stuff. And then I found myself in the last four months, like really committing and recommitting and being serious. And I had never stopped a podcast, but it was about my mental space. I just was like struggling. Yeah. But. Like, it's funny now that I'm in this process and, and I'm I'm highlighting kind of that the failure or the unknown, because I think it's important. Now that I'm in this space, Cap, I'll have a video like this, like starting YouTube channel the last four months. I'll have a video. It's like one day. OK. All right. Whether it's a short or a show, whatever. All right. 900. Cool. Right, 700 views. Cool. All right. We're making progress. And then like the last two weeks has been so weird on all my social sites. I know it's algorithm, um, the algorithm because it's like the re the, just the natural organic reach isn't there. And those are the things, like you said, where it's like, I'm not about to change. I'm going to be committed to doing exactly what God called me to do. Yeah. Having that faith like that God, like a, you giving me the skill set, the talents, the ex- experience, all of that but I'm going to stay faithful to it and let you work it out. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I think it's easy for us to act like we have it all figured out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and like, Oh, uh, hold up. Like I'm, you know, I wear all these hats and I know everything, but I just appreciate the vulnerability there and like kind of sharing with us some of the struggles so that we can really um, 
you know, grab a hold to that and, and, and learn from that. I did want to ask you, Cap, just thinking like leadership in, in general. Earlier you said you've always been kind of like independent. Mm-hmm. Like you like to do your own thing. How do you think for you being a leader and wearing those different hats, do, do you feel like leadership just for you? I'm not trying to like cast like this overgeneralization of what leadership is, but just more your opinion of like, in your life, have you seen that it's more leadership is a more natural born thing? Like, so those natural things about yourself, being independent, being creative, being curious, helps you be a good leader? Or or has it been more something you've had to nurture and grow into? Um, so it's that typical nature versus nurture question. I'm just yeah. curious how you f- view that leader with leadership. It's a good question, man. I think... Um... I would probably categorize myself more as a naturally introverted person, which kind of catches people by surprise when I say that because I'm a very expressive person. Um, I'm very like, and I do care about people, but I'm the type of person that is more interested. Like if I were to go to a party, I'm not, I don't want to be by myself at the party unless I like no one to talk to, but I would much rather have, like three really meaningful conversations, even one really meaningful conversation for like 20 minutes rather than like 32 minute conversations. Like I'd rather go really deep with a few than like talk to a lot of different people about, I have have less deep conversations. There's nothing like, it's not better or worse than anything else. But I think that's what, that's how I'm kind of wired. And what I've just discovered is like, um, here's what, here's what I discovered. Actually, that's super true too. I used to have a lot of pride, still got pride that God's working out of me, which please be gentle. But, (laughs) um, but I used to want, like, if I were to make a film, I would want my name. This is sounds so dumb, dude, as I'm saying it, I would want my name next to every credit in the credits. Like directed by Cap, edited by Cap, cinematography by Cap. Yeah, and, and I think I just wanted to show people like I I can do this. And what I discovered is like you can, but you probably have a crappy film. Like you're gonna you're gonna be able to do a lot more when you learn how to galvanize people around something. And so learning that practically, I really had to come to a place though um, where it wasn't about my vision. So learning how to be, here's what really helped, dude. I learned that like I could only go so far by myself, but then God brought me into a season where I was really surrendered to another man's vision. So my lead pastor at, at Love Church, I was like kind of like the third guy from the top in that organization. Um, and I really learned like I'm here for this guy's vision, this man's vision. And learning to own his vision was really a good season for me because then it was galvanizing people, not for my glory, but for the mission. And, and when you go through a season like that, where you can really be submitted to another person's vision and treat it like your own, like Joseph did, or like Daniel did, um, or like Jesus did, Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. I'm not about my own business. I'm about my father's business. But when you go through a season like that, that's where you really can be tested. And like God says, okay, if I, if you, if you can handle a person's vision and that you can, that person is someone that you can see and that you can be held accountable to at like a a earthly level. Now I know that I can trust you with my vision that, you know, it's like, if you can be trusted with a visible person. I know yeah. that you can be trusted with an invisible, invisible God's vision. And so that's, that was really big for me was being willing to be submitted and planted in a season. And, and now I'm in a situation where, I mean, like even last year, I just admitted, like I didn't do it right. And God had to like really correct me. But now I'm in a place where I'm realizing, you know what, man, like if you want to really build something great and you are a visionary, you really have like three main responsibilities as a visionary. Number one, you got to get with the Lord and like cultivate that vision. Like Moses and Joshua, 
would dwell in the tent with the Lord, with the presence of the Lord around the campfire. And Moses would like, particularly just like get a vision from God. And then he would go and then you have to communicate that vision. So you have to be able to hear the vision, get spend time with the Lord, get the vision. You need to grow in communicating that vision clearly, which as a content creator, it's a helpful hack, honestly, because I can communicate a vision with video. I can communicate a vision with design. I can communicate, communicate a vision in written form or oratory form. And that is super important because if Habakkuk 2.2, make the vision plain on tablets so that another can carry it and run with it, right? So you, you got to be able to cast that vision clearly. And then leadership, leadership management, like you got to be able to coach people, come alongside people, learn how to serve people. Like, remember, like they're not there to serve you. You're there to serve them. So when you give them the vision, really helping make sure you got the right people on the, on the bus, but then, and, and like making it like, Hey, this is your idea. This isn't my idea. This is your idea. How do I help you make this thing come? But you see like how it all comes full circle. You can't have that mindset for the people that work for you. If you haven't been developed, come on somebody (laughs) in that season where you were submitted to somebody else's vision. And you're like, Hey, I work for you. You don't work for me. I work for you. That is really, that's like, that's the ingredients right there for being a leader that God can entrust a vision to. And then people get excited about the vision because I don't want it to be the Cap Chatfield show. I want people to to hook their teeth into this thing and be like, this is mine. And then, and then now you're really going somewhere fun with a team. I think sacrifice, like leadership is so sacrificial. So you you kind of said it like in the beginning, because when you're a creative person, I, I, Look, one of my biggest flaws is that what matter like I never love money. I just never been a person. I've been broke. I've had a couple of dollars. Like it just money is just not something that drives me in a way to like take me outside of my character. But I do like credit. And it's mm. a really weird thing with me where it's like and it's not that I just think that I automatically think it's wrong. Like I get I think sometimes I don't trust that people give you the proper credit and so it kind of bothers me if someone doesn't like give me credit for something that I clearly did and they make it seem like I didn't. So I'm not saying that's all wrong, but it is something that I struggle with, like wanting the credit when I do something more than I want to check. I want to be like, like that. Right. But it's funny. I've gone through some of the same process that you talked about, where it's like when you start understanding that leadership, you know, I've been a leader of, um, you know, I was, I led a team uh, in 2021, one of the role I had in the corporate world, I was leading a team. We had a $10 million, you know, annual revenue um, target. We great by the grace of God, like our, our, uh, we exceeded our goal. We got 12.6 million, I think in 2021. And I had a team of three and across the country. And what I learned through that experience was like, each person is different and it couldn't be about me taking credit when we like won a new some new business or whatever. So like I took this approach of like putting them first. I never put my face on like an announcement or a headline for a new partnership. And by doing that was crazy cap is like two out of three of those folks still to this day, if they're, they reach out to me for advice, I mentor them. And what I've learned is by like making that sacrifice in leadership, you allow it to grow into something bigger than you. But if it's all about you and your credit, then it's going to be limited. That's going to be the ceiling is like you like. So whatever you can do, because people aren't going to want to do that. So I love that you kind of broke that down to like cultivate and spending time with the Lord. Um, Again, I had a rough year last year that kind of sparked from growth. And but personally, it was hard for me to manage And My mother in law, my Becca, shout out to her. She called me. Um, maybe a couple months ago, it was before the new year. And she, and she literally said like, you need to find a space in your house and just like, like spend time with God in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what made me think about the cultivate. And then there's the communicate of like, when you spend time with God, you become way more clear and have clarity about what you want to do. Right. Um, and then, like you said, is that leadership, that's when you can bring other people in. So Thank you for that. I, th- I think like that is like a, a mic drop 
um, right there. So before I get you out of here, Cap, want to respect for all your time. I just want you, if you could talk a little bit, um, um, let people know how to find you um, and maybe touch a little bit on, um, you know, Reveal Media, Untraffic America, what those things are and how people can be connected into those. And again, it, the links will be in the description of the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or watching on YouTube, um, just check out the description. You'll find the links to these. But I want you to be able to speak um, at least a little to those, especially Untraffic America. Um, I may have to get you back on to talk about that because that's just yeah, something that I know to. is a big thing in America right now and um, a huge cause. So um, thank you. But I want to give you the last word and kind of tell people how to stay connected, Cap. Yeah, man. I'll just say whenever you want me on, man, I you're, you're a brother. So I, I love chatting about this stuff with you. We should probably – I'm excited to just – let's do a more of a long form down the road because I think we sure. could talk for a couple hours and Agreed. we're scratching the surface here. But um, – People, if you want to follow me at Cap Chatfield, K A P C H A T F I E L D, kind of has a nice little rhythm to it. Um, it's the same on every platform. It's the benefit of having a weird name that no one's taken it. So you. follow me. Uh, I, you'll see me most on Instagram. I'm really going, trying to go hard on YouTube in this season as well. Uh, I would check out reveal, R V E A L dot media. If you are a kingdom first business, nonprofit, church, or content creator that uh it wants to create content around your message and wants to avoid burnout while doing it we created this thing man it's the content creation machine because i wanted to personally have a machine where i could take my full my long form content or a raw video of me like preaching my message sharing the word casting vision drop it into the machine and have a team dress it up, package it up, cut it up and, and ship it out, uh, in a matter of days. And, and so we've done that. We have, it's a really, it's affordable, it's reliable. The content itself is remarkable. Our team does a really good job. And so if you, if you're looking for a solution to create better content faster at scale, definitely would consider checking out our website. You could talk to our sales team and just learn a little bit more about our product there. Untrafficked, uh, that is the organization that I'm currently the chief marketing officer of. It's an anti-child sex trafficking organization focusing domestically. There's a lot of great organizations that do international work. And we, um, we've made an effort to really focus on untrafficking America. Sorry if you hear my kids screaming in the background there. It's all good. They're having That's a fun time working today. from home, man. Yeah, it is a blessing working from home. And um, But speaking of kids, right? But it's... Uh, it's, it's a really important cause. I think one thing that's really unfortunate is with the way that the world is moving right now, there is um, once a society has come to the place of thinking it's okay to sexualize children, there's really no turning back for a civilization. I mean, that's, you get to the, you've got, you've come to a place of no return in regards to the evil that you call good. And yeah. we're there right now as a country. Um, child sex trafficking is uh, sexually exploiting children for profit. And uh, it, it's happening in every state in America. Most law enforcement agencies don't have enough. Um, they, don't, they don't have the intel. They don't have the staff. They don't have the funding to actually combat this issue. The internet with pornography and things like that has made this uh, a greater issue than people would like to admit. And uh, we are the like we are one of the top exporters in the world for this demand. It's and it's pretty insidious, but we we want to attack this issue not just at an intervention level, kicking down doors, rescuing kids, which is part of what we do. We collaborate with law enforcement to do that, um, and then even the restoration component, helping families and kids who have gone through the unthinkable get back to living a normal and beautiful life. We also really believe in the prevention and awareness uh, element as well to really snuff it out and to really help parents take ownership of uh, <clears throat> take ownership of being involved in their kids' lives, understanding who are they talking to online, who are they talking to in social media, who are the kids talking to in these online gaming uh, online games and things like that, and and we believe that this issue um, will really be accomplished. Will really it'll be taken care of 
as it says at the end of Malachi, literally the last verse of Malachi, when the hearts of fathers are returned to their children and the hearts of children are returned back to their fathers. And so it's a really amazing movement, man. It's a great, it's, it's not just like a nationally collaborative, um, movement that involves some government, but it's a non, it's a non-government organization, um, working with churches, working with law enforcement, working with care, working with care facilities. But the most exciting part for me is how the everyday American can actually be involved in this thing. And it simply just comes down to being aware and being a guardian of your own home. So if you want to learn more about that, whether you're an individual or uh, a church and you want to join our ministry alliance, visit untrafficked.org and you can learn more there. We'd love to um, love to get connected with you and, and help you uh, untraffic America one family at a time, one community at a time, one state at a time. So thanks, thanks for allowing man. me to, to share about that. No, for sure, man. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Appreciate the conversation today. I'm with you, Cap. You're a brother. So let's let's um, talk about getting together again, man. I'm open to whatever and appreciated this conversation. Look forward to staying in touch. And uh, you have an amazing day, man. Cool. Tell the wife and kids, we said thank you for bar letting us borrow you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Hey, Jermaine, we'll chat soon. Thanks a lot, right. bro. See you. Guys, people, that was Cap Chatfield. Um Again, Kingdom Content Creator, CEO, CMO of Untraffic America, um, as well as online pastor. Just a real cool dude. And I'm thankful and grateful. I took a couple of things away from this conversation today. You know, one is like that that last, those three points that he gave about cultivating, right? I mentioned it. My mother-in-law had just kind of told me, like, find you a space in your house and really spend that time with the Lord. And, you know... It's amazing that once you start doing that, like you start, I think what happens is when you turn on God in the voice of God, like you, you hit on on that switch, you're automatically turning down the volume on the distractions. And I was, you know, sharing with someone recently about like the experience with David and Bathsheba and David, you know, it was a horrible situation, but what, what stood out to me was why David even saw her. It was because that during that time of the year that usually the kings were out at war and David was not doing his job. So he found himself walking on the roof. Like, so I'm picturing he's bored. Like you just wasting time. And so when you start wasting time, it opens up the door for the enemy to throw a distraction in your way to lead you far off of the path that God has created and called you to. So for me personally, what that looks like is making sure I'm keeping the volume on the distractions down, turning up the voice of God. Like y'all know I do music. My homeboy red produces and mixes my music. And part of that mixing process, um, ironically, this in the intro of this show, it's like a mixing board that I touch. So if you're not familiar with, with what that looks like, just look at the intro of the show again in the video where the song is there. And maybe I'll play it at the end so y'all could just see what I'm talking about. It's real quick anyway. But um, that mixing board allows you to say like, all right, a song might have 30 voices on it. I could have a bunch of backgrounds, a main vocal. Maybe there's a feature singer. They're doing stacks and harmonizing and stuff. So a song can have all of that. Maybe there's drums, there's a guitar, there's a piano, there's a bass. So you got all these things that make up a song. Now, when you're listening to the song, you don't necessarily hear all these things because the goal of the producer or engineer that mixes and masters is to balance everything out so that all you hear is your favorite song. And when you hear those things collectively with the drums at the right level, the vocals at the right level, the guitar at the right level, it sounds beautiful. But if you heard the raw version of your favorite song, you might not like what that sounds like because maybe the guitar is too loud, maybe the drums... Um, didn't have a filter or didn't have some EQ on it or something. My point is this. A lot of times our lives are like a raw, unmixed song. And I'm guilty of this, right? Where I'm all over the place. Maybe I got the right mix of things, but I haven't really gone before God and allowed him to produce me and allow him to engineer and turn up the volume here, turn it down. And so what happens is, there are distractions that become louder in our lives and we don't sound or look as polished as God want us to sound or look or things aren't going the right way. And a lot of times it's because you haven't been mixed and mastered. And so for me, 
um, you know, shout out to my Becca for kind of, you know, calling me and telling me that. And, um, you know, I've been doing that and I need to do it even more. Right. Because what happens is like you do something a few times and you start feeling better and you get away from it. Uh, so that's even like him talking about is like even conviction for me to go harder as it relates to like hearing the voice of God and spending that time, no matter how busy I get. And then what happens is the second thing he talked about was the ability to communicate. And the reason I like this is important for leaders. Like if you want to be a leader and a, a Christian leader, these are the principles and things that matter. Not just the bottom line, not just trying to have your name in lights, not trying to be the next big artist or listen to the publicists and the marketing people for this. Like th this interview was about like, hey, you want to be an executive. You want to understand the executive life as a believer, you, a believer. You want to be a man. I can talk. I can't talk to people. But if you want to understand the executive life and what it takes to be a leader, this is what it takes. Not the fluffy, like front and stuff like this is the real stuff it takes. Hey, you need to you need to go get clarity from God about the direction in your personal life and your business. You're going to leave out of that experience with God with more clarity about who you are, what you want to do. Hey, what's the purpose of inspire God's people? We are a platform for Christian entrepreneurs, influencers, creatives, and business professionals. And we want you to find yourself in the story. That's the goal of these interviews is to find you in the story. Are you Cap? Are you his friend that shared the gospel? You know, are you one of the people that um, his partner that had to go the other way? Like when I'm listening to a story or an interview or I'm having these conversations, it is about finding myself in the story so that I can grow iron sharpens iron so I can improve, so I can be convicted, um, so that maybe I can be like, okay, I'm doing that right. But again, as Cap is talking, I'm finding myself in the story. And that second part about communicating, communicating the vision and being able to have clarity on it. Like I'm, I have so much clarity about what this platform is and what we're doing right now. That's why we have such high quality individuals that we're interviewing. We've also always had high quality interview interview individuals that we're interviewing, but on a more consistent basis, right? Because I know exactly who I'm looking for. People like Cap, um, people like Justin Carter, who was just on the show, Aisha Taylor. Um, you know, I got um, Selena's coming on, who is a licensed uh, therapist and counselor uh, coming on next week. And so we got these people because of that clarity when I spent that time with God and I turned those distractions down. And then lastly is leadership. And I believe I'm constantly growing as a leader. I seek to always grow as a leader to become better. I advise you to do the same. That is the ability to take the time that you spent with God and then take the message that you've communicated and then be able to share it with other people and get their feedback and their input and then be able to go out, right? And grab and like really execute the vision. That's where other people become involved in the collaborations and things like that. And so- I'm in that process. Hopefully you are somewhere in that process. Even if you're at the beginning, hopefully this content helps you get started. Inspire Guys People is all about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. We wanted to um, pick Cap's brain so that we can be guided to our purpose. There's actually a lot more that I want to talk to him about. Uh, so I definitely have to have him on the show again. But thank you again to Cap Chatfield. Please check him out. Look at the links in the description of the show. CapChatfield.com um reveal.media um look and check him out on instagram man his videos are made his content is fly it's polished like it's it's dope so um you know as i'm interviewing and learning i'm learning from people as well you know this is really about iron sharpening iron i don't bring people on this show to like oh welcome to inspire god's people where i know everything and i like no i'm looking at these people i'm like man you amazing like let me let me see what i can learn and what i can grasp and also just learn, love hearing people's stories. So hopefully that blessed you. You know what I mean? And, you know, share this with someone. If you enjoyed the interview and the content today, please do subscribe. Uh, check us out on YouTube at Inspire Guys People. Also on Instagram uh, at Inspire Guys People. So, yeah, we're trying to grow those platforms. I am committed and dedicated to bringing you more and more quality content to be a resource for the body of Christ and the leaders and the entrepreneurs, right? This, this is a place where you can come where iron sharpens iron 
and you're turning down the distractions and turning up the volume of the voice of God. And we need these business principles and we need to hear each other's stories to do that. We don't just need gossip and comedy all day and nothing's wrong with comedy. I, I don't want to, you know, I love comedy, but I just think sometimes we can get too jokey jokey and sharing these memes about this that don't mean nothing. And when that voice is louder than the voice of God and the things that God wants to use to cultivate you, um, then we, you know, we sound like a song that's unmixed. And he talked about writing a vision and make it plain. We always hear that. But he went a step further and said, why? And it's so that other people can carry that vision. And that's that last part about leadership is like you need to shut it down, hear from God, communicate, write it out, but then go and share it. And a leader is about sacrifice. If you want to be a leader and you think it's all about you, it's just you're just not probably a great leader. And um, I always tell people Liz Wiseman has a book called Multipliers and Diminishers, one of my favorite books on leadership. I advise you to check that book out, you know, um, and I don't know Liz. Liz is not sponsoring this show, but she got a dope book. So, again, man, hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, shout out again to Cap Chatfield. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, you know what? Let's end with this, uh, the intro video so you can see the little mixing board. But you got to pay close attention if you're watching this on video because it's going to come real quick. Stop saying what you going to do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And